Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. God. I don't want to. Hold on. Hold on. Three, two, one. Welcome back, criminal mischief nation from a long winter's nap. Um, I finally got this lazy good for nothing Carolyn back to work. Jeez. She's been on a beach with a drink in her hand, just getting. Oh, no. I can't believe you did this to me. I can't believe you. You you freaking opened the door. Hello, Morgan. Finally got the melody out of my head. Oh wow! Welcome back. Welcome back. It's great to see you. I hope you had a wonderful and relaxing holiday season. And of course, I'm I'm busting chops here. Carolyn did nothing but work over the break on a separate project that we will all be the beneficiaries of soon, I hope. Um, so uh, I was able to wrest her away from her other project and and bring her back to uh, Criminal Mischief. So uh, how was your holiday break, Carolyn? You know what? It was awesome. It was really, really great. It, it's exactly what I love, which is low key. And the kids all had a great time. And, you know, it was good stuff. And my boys started basketball this weekend. And I was like, oh, man, I just love it so much. Great. I just love it. Yeah. How about you? How about you? How was your holiday? Uh, good. Same. Low key. <clears throat> a lot of work. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, of uh, season three of Devil Within, which is doing well. Thank you for everybody out there who's uh, who's checking it out. I appreciate it. Hope you're enjoying it. So, um, you know how it is when you're dropping shows. There's always last minute tweaks and stuff and publishing stuff and add stuff to read and all that. So it's been it was uh, a good kind of busy, you know, good kind of busy. So uh it was, it was good. I'm glad that the kids are back in school. Very happy about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and believe it or not, I can't believe it. I had a Clark Griswold moment, not a good one. I was, mm-hmm. I was, uh, my wife and my daughters went sleigh riding for the day up in the, up in the hills. I stayed home to put away all of the Christmas stuff, like in the bins up in the attic. Mm-hmm. And, I took a wrong step and went through the attic floor into my living room. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now listen, I didn't go all the way through and like land. Wait, in a, wait, wait a second. I didn't land in a heap on the floor, but my, you're just like, what the, what just happened? No, I, I was, it was so embarrassing. I was all alone. So it was very dangerous. I was all alone. I can imagine. Yeah. My, my left foot went through and I was saved by my left butt cheek and the crook of my right knee on one of the other floor joists. Oh! Right? And I felt oh! this rush of, of hot air come through because it was really cold in the attic, right? Mm-hmm. And my first instinct, I like, I had no idea what was going on. Like, my stomach dropped, right? Because you're not expecting to fall, okay? <laughs> and I yelled, help. <laughs> I just, did I just call that? I was just like, and there help! Was, and there was nobody home. I went, help! And then I stopped. <laughs> and laughed at myself okay when who are you yelling help for you asshole there's no one home i'm okay there was no broken bones i was more embarrassed than anything else mm-hmm. and i went down in the living room and i looked up and, I, and there's the attic 
And I took pictures and video of it and sent them to my wife who promptly posted them on her Instagram. And now every asshole friend of mine from New Jersey is calling me and laughing. So, uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's the gift that keeps giving. Oh my gosh. It was so embarrassing, but you know, so I'm, me, I'm, I'm waiting for you to then transition into you fixed it. I did. Yeah. I'm very handy. Very handy. I, okay. Okay. We all know that. That's so, why I was saying, I'm, I'm sure you're next. Yes. I, I immediately assessed the situation. I squared off the hole in the drywall. I have extra drywall in my shed. All right. Uh-huh, I was able uh-huh. to measure it, cut the piece out, squared it off to, you know, to the center of the floor joists and I had it patched. Now, listen, there's still a lot more work to be done. It's just roughed in right now. You know, I got to mm-hmm. sand it and do another layer right. and, and then paint it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I had it fixed within a couple hours. You know, the football game was on. I, and what was great is that a lot of the work was done from up in the attic and I could hear the living room TV through the fucking hole in the floor. That I just <laughs> bonus! Right? Oh so that's the bonus. So I didn't miss any of the game and uh, mm-hmm. and I got it done. Yeah. And the kids had a field day. They're still, they still point and laugh when I walk by now, you know? I'm, I'm sure they yeah. do. I'm sure they do. So that was how my break ended. And, uh, you know. You, you want to know, this is like when you said, help, when you know that... <laughs> <laughs> you're going down it reminded me i don't know this is really morbid but did you know the number one thing that pilots say before they're going to crash oh jesus no do you know what that is no mommy oh wow jesus isn't that crazy uh like george floyd can... calling for his mother who'd been dead for years yeah i i, I that that just yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. No, that's crazy because, you know, my father's an airline pilot for 40 years. He flew. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, and he gave me, you know, I've, I've read a ton of stuff on aviation and there's this great book called fate is the hunter, which is about the early years of commercial aviation. And Mm -hmm. a, a lot of those black box recordings and stuff are recounted in there. And like one guy says, like, I love you, Amy, which was his wife, you know, and, and, but those black box recordings are, are, are heartbreaking heartbreak. Oh, I, I wouldn't even want to hear. I, I really wouldn't even want to listen. Speaking of plane crashes, strange. Um, I watched, I couldn't sleep the other night and I was going through Netflix and I watched uh, Society of the Snow. Have you heard about it? It was up for a Golden Globe last night for best foreign film. Um, it's a true story about the Uruguayan uh, rugby team that crashed in the Andes in 1973 or so. Yeah. Yeah. In 73 and, uh, or 74, I forget. And, um, it was an Ethan Hawke movie called alive 30 years ago, which was really, I watched that. that was crazy. Yeah, and this is, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't call it a remake of alive, but it's, it's the same story, but I find mm-hmm. it much more, um, much more accurate. Cause it's all in, it's not in English. It's all, I, mm-hmm. I think it's all in Spanish. It might, I think in Uruguay they speak Spanish. Um, do they speak Spanish in Uruguay? I think so. But anyway, um, wonderfully acted, beautifully shot, uh, and it just, it just, I was like, oh, I'll watch the first ten minutes, and that next thing you know, I watched the whole thing. So it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was terrific. A terrific story of, uh, of, of human endurance and the will to survive, and it wasn't told from the point of view of Nando Parado, like Alive was. Uh, that's who Ethan Hawke played. It was. It was from a different character. Um, but Nando obviously plays a huge role in it. He was the one who's like, fuck it, I'm walking out of these mountains. I don't give a shit. 
mm-hmm. and did it. So it's worth a watch, huh? Oh my gosh, is it ever? It's so it's very. Well, I got I got something for you. I have a new crush. Okay. Slow horses, and it's fucking Gary Oldman is. Oh incredible. wow! I listen. I I met. I have a man crush on Gary Oldman since <laughs> since fucking Sid and Nancy since True. Oh Roman, my gosh! Right. He he's one of the is, best to ever do it. He is so crotchety, reviled. Mm. I mean, he's terrible, but he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Anyway, it's like the third season. I've loved every season. I just, we okay. binged the, the, this season, but um, he's just, it's just so, I keep thinking about it. It's so wow. good. Well, my wife and daughters watched um, the, the George Clooney directed uh, Boys in the Boat, true story about the University oh, of yeah, Washington. That, that, yeah, they had a bunch of. Uh, I guess George Clooney was in Seattle, and yeah, um, I haven't. Is that good? It was great. It really, and and you're gonna this review. You're gonna think I didn't like it, but I did. You've seen it already. Like if you've seen Rocky, or if you've seen Sea Biscuit, or if you've seen any of these underdog sports films. Um, but it's yeah. so it's so well done. Like you know how it ends. You, you know, so well done, and the and the 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 casting was great. The acting was terrific. Um, and according to my wife, it's just all, you know, mid twenties, muscly boy eye candy, right? These, these just immortal, young, beautiful men, you know, with the glistening skin and their muscles and rowing the boats. And I'm like, looking at my wife saying, just get over it. Just stop it. Okay. I'm going to take her recommendation. <laughs> so, but wonderful storytelling because it's hit or miss with Clooney as a director, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Hit or miss, right? Mm-hmm. It could be Good Night and Good Luck, which is amazing. It could be Monuments Men, which was a huge misfire, right? Um, this was this was awesome. Really, really. Well, awesome. you had me at Rocky. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, that was like my one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Well, I love Seabiscuit. I love Seabiscuit for the historical, I mean, the historical too, yeah. aspect of it. It's the same era. This is a Depression era story. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, really, really great. Really, really well done. All right. So let's get to this, uh, this week's, um, you want me to play your song again? Oh gosh. I was, I was trying to, you know, I like a black and white kind of guy, right? I like saying, all right, here's the bad guy. Boom. But there's, there's like more than one bad guy in this, right? The stepfather is such a piece of shit, right? Oh my gosh. And, yeah. and and I wanted to love this guy so much. I really wanted to love him because of how, because <laughs> his apostasy, he left the Mormon church, okay? And not only did he leave it, he left it loud and he left it in an arrogant, like ball busting, making fun of it kind of way. Awful, awful. I wanted he- to love the guy. I wanted to love the guy. I, I, I- how could you love this guy? How? How? I wanted to love him for his take on religion in general and on LDS. No, but, but why? Why do people have to? If he decides that he doesn't, that he's not interested in it, this is what drives me freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Is that then he has to totally ruin his wife's life? Yeah, that gets and that gets annoying. Asshole and turn the kids against her and act like she's like a witchcrafter and like totally gaslighting. I get it. I it mean, gets annoying. Brandon. I understand it gets annoying. And and here's the defense <laughs> for 
these screaming atheists, as they call them. Okay. And the main defense that you'll hear from them is when people say, you just have to respect their religious beliefs. And what the opposing side, the, 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 the extreme opposing side would say, I have far too much respect for the reasoning power of your brain. To you have freaking said that beliefs. before. Yes, I have. And it's true. And when you think about it, if I were to tell you a story, okay? If I okay. were to tell uh, you, I can already tell you're going to just, try no, just, to. Just, just like, here for a second. Just for a second. Okay, if I were to right, tell right. you a story and change all of the names, but keep the plot points the same, okay? Mm-hmm. You <laughs> wouldn't believe it. But you were missing the point. Okay. I I understand what I'm saying. There's a certain type of person, and I admit it, that every now and then I I kind of wear this kind of jacket, okay, of Mm -hmm. this person who's like, I just, if you put it in my face, I'm going to get loud in in my opposition to the- I know, but this is what drives me crazy about you because you- Deep down, no, we would t- we were talking about in the um, North Pole, Pole Star. I think that was the name of that the oh. Sherlock Holmes, you know, story. And I said how arrogant the doctor was at first, and he had a journey to go on. And you're like, yes, because he would hide behind his skepticism, mm-hmm. and it was arrogance. And that's really what it is. If you boil it down to, you know. This guy was an asshole and he was thought he was better than his wife. And he totally made her and the, his kids' lives ruined them. And as mm-hmm. as the story progresses, you'll see exactly why. Because the son starts to do exactly right. what the father does. Obviously, he took it too far. Obviously, he used it as a weapon. Okay. He weaponized, yes. he weaponized his opposition to the Mormon church. Fine. That guy's a piece of shit. I totally get it. However, I also understand how someone could suddenly have an awakening and go, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. How could anybody believe this? That is also a very logical place to end up. Okay. If for a second you turn on the logical function, logical functionality of the human brain. Okay. It's a very logical place to end up. And, and you can't really fault someone for really kind of taking a few victory laps when they're finally basked in the light of truth. But I just don't know why you have to try to change, just accept that there, that person doesn't believe the same thing that you do and Fine. just the problem, need to disagree. The problem would then be how the kids are going to be brought up. Okay. That could be a massive problem within a marriage. If one person has a spiritual awakening that lets them know, uh uh-oh, this is all bullshit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I can't have my kids raised like this. Now there's a good way to go about it. And there's a shitty way to go about it. I'm sure he chose the shitty way to go about it. Okay. But that could raise some serious, serious problems. So. Yes, absolutely. And it did. And And you're spot on. And, and, and the, the the fallout of that mm-hmm. nuclear explosion within that marriage will become so evident in part two of this of because we did the parents marriage the parents marriage right and then josh and susan's marriage okay because it mirrors was the dad was jeffrey the dad was steven steven sorry 
Hold on. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Okay. So Stephen was her stepdad, her her father-in-law, I should say. It was her father-in-law. Father-in-law. Yeah, Stephen was her father-in-law. Stephen was the yes. father-in-law who also, mm-hmm. full creepo, the, the total creeper. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's what we should be talking about. Yeah. We'll Can get to that. He was also the one who first said, whoa, Mormonism doesn't really jive and I'm going to make fun of people. He was that mm-hmm. guy first. Then, then his his daughter in law right, moved see, in. See the, the hypocrisy between the son Josh yeah. about how he treated his mom like crap, did all that stuff, was totally in the patriarchy with the dad, and like, yeah, I'm gonna treat my mom like shit and just be just terrible and like women suck and all. Yeah, of where that. do you think like, they learned that? Where do you think they learned that? I know where they learned that. The church. Okay, well, let's not go there. <laughs> but let's, it is where they learned that. Let's let's stay okay, but let's okay. not go right. there. Okay, because okay. yeah. I'm not apologize. I'm not oh, apologizing. I know. I, know. I know. I hear you. I'm just saying. I then Josh, who rejected the religion, rejected his mom. You know, then he starts going to LDS yeah. and like yeah. pre- presents himself as something, and is all in. I mean, he's going to classes. Yeah, he's hosting stuff he's- at his house parties mixers yeah like, yeah that's the hypocrisy here that i want to dial into yeah okay because we know the other we you know what you're saying about the church and stuff yes but but josh basically did what the dad did reeling in the wife thinking that he's going to be something and i get it we all grow and change and what makes a successful marriage is when you can do that together sure, sure. right yeah. <clears throat> but but i just feel like the the repeating of the pattern where it's like Susan thought she was marrying something and she got a totally different packages to what she thought, you know, she was getting. And he put that out there. Yeah. Hypocrisy is another thing that you learn in the church, to be honest. Oh my gosh. You're going to keep going back to that. But it's true. It's true. This is like me chumming. I don't know why I do this. It's like me chumming the water. Okay. But it's, I'm just saying it's true. We can't have this big all like, like babe in the woods, like I don't know where they learned, you know, that women are second class citizens. I don't First know where of all, they, I never, I'm not a babe in the woods. I don't okay? know where they learned that hypocrisy is okay. It's the same place. No, I I didn't say that. I'm saying they both could have met spouses that agreed with them at atheism classes, but both chose to, you know, troll around the yeah. waters well, that's, of that, Mormonism. That's, that's the available, you know, dating pool in Utah. Oh my, this wasn't in Utah. This was in Washington. You throw a dart out the window and hit a Mormon when you're in Utah. You know what okay, I mean? Stop. I mean- <laughs> We're not doing this. This is 2024, baby. Okay. Yeah, I know. In 2024, we should be beyond all of this. All of these but we're not because okay. human beings are just, we still have our reptilian brains and we're still going to do what we do. Yeah. I know. Listen, I'm not naive, so naive as to think that it's going to go away. It's, I mean, it's, it's people's favorite toy. Okay, and they're not going to give it up. Okay, you're not. I'm no. glad to see you. Of like, course, of course, I get it. I happen to think that it's, a, it's an anchor on humanity. It's keeping us from moving okay. forward. But, but you, but then we would do something else. That's the thing. Maybe we yeah, maybe we'd have else. massive technological breakthroughs. Maybe we would do that. Maybe we okay, well, right. Maybe we could you know treat everybody look equally. At, look at human history. 
Sure. What do you think is going to happen? Listen. Based on our track record. I could be hopeful. I I agree. I I am too. So, all right. So hold on. Let's talk about Creepo Steven. Okay. I know. You're like, you're you're totally like bearing the lead here. Because it's fun for me. All right. So, so Steven the Creeper, his daughter-in-law moves into the house and he's like, she wants some of this. <laughs> wait until, if that song was creepy, wait until you actually see it. You got to go and look at some of these videos. She yeah. wants some of this. And he's, he's got, he's like doing upskirt cams and stuff on her and like hide hidden cameras while she pees. I mean, this guy is... I mean, criminally, criminally, it's awful. It's really, really awful. And then on this drive, he's like, okay, got to be honest. You're all to fucking think about all the time. And I'm picking up the vibe you're laying down, girl. No, dude, you're fucking really not. (laughs) I mean, I I, I just, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, obviously not like that, but where it's uncomfortable to the extreme and you have to get yourself out of it, right? I mean, imagine what that must have been like for her. You know, oh, I mean, just gosh. imagine. Oh my gosh. It, it's, and, and the kid didn't give a shit. The son wasn't like, yo dad, back off of my girl. I mean, clearly he didn't. They stayed living there. They, he had these, I mean, and that was the thing too. It's like, talk about nonverbal communication of like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and talk to this pedophile or not pedophile, but this dad who's such a creep and, and then both gaslighting her and acting like, you know what? It's just you, you know, he was just being, you know, he, he loves to take photography. He, he loves to document our family. That's what he loves to do. You know, like that's how that stuff works, man. Like if they, if they took that a half a step further, it's your fault for being an attractive woman. Then that's full religion right there. They, they've got the bingo card. Oh, I'm sure, I am sure <laughs> right? that they did. Yeah. I'm sure that they did because she was in cosmetology and she, you know, she was a stylist and she got ready. And that's one of the videos that he would do is like when as she's getting ready. And so it's like, you know, and, and the, the sad part is, is that none of these videos came out until much later, mm. right? So she, you know, we all know now, yeah, what he did, but that evidence wasn't there for her at that time and he had it squirreled away. And so, you know, her, she's just basically saying, help me, help me, you know, to her, to her husband, you know, she told her family and, and, you know, it's kind of like, one of those things where, I mean, it's not necessarily permissive, but you hear about it. A woman can say, yeah, this guy just, you know, this family member just keeps bothering me or this or that. And you're just like, yeah, just try to stay away from him. Or, I mean, she was not doing anything to try to get his attention. Of course and it's, not. Of course not. No, I know. But the fantasies that he had built up in his, like in these videos, it showed, um, he would get these pillows and then put her clothing on the pillow, like dress it up. <laughs> the look on your face. And, and then just video himself talking about that. Videoing himself, like trying to game on his son's wife while he, while he's there. Like that was part of the, the thrill of it. 
And that's not even the story that we're talking about. This is like, no, this is like a subplot, you know? I know. That's why it took me. That's why I did two parts on this, because you really need to know the background once we get to this part two. And you know, <clears throat> it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. So they you know? finally leave. Susan so they and finally John, leave. They move away. They have a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're getting back on their feet financially. Well, I mean, it was all him. Yeah. You know, she was very, very like, she came from a family that was very into, you know, not spending above your means. Yeah. And, you know, she had this life that she wanted and was willing to work really hard to get. It's not like she just thought she was marrying a sugar daddy. And then, you know, I'm just going to stay at home and not do anything or do whatever I want or whatever. I'm not saying that's yeah. what she wanted yeah. at all. She was willing to work together and they wanted this plan together. And he would just buy, I mean, the video that shows like all these tools and all these like remote controlled cars and like oh, souped gosh. up computers and like, and then she's pinching pennies and, and feeding the family out of a garden. I mean, it's just insane. And he makes her sell a car and then they have to share the minivan that he drives anyway. He opens up a new line of credit in her name at Home Depot for his bullshit and yeah, just taking advantage, just not respecting her as a human, really, at all. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so then he decides to take his young kids camping in the middle of the night in a snowstorm, which is totally right. normal, which is totally normal. Totally. I know, yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, totally makes think, sense. And of course- Who did he think was going to buy that? Who did he think was going to fucking buy that story? I'm you trying know, out a new generator. Oh, really? Okay. Great. So you take your fucking five-year-old on a school night camping at midnight? I mean, that's the thing. Like, it feels like it was obviously, and we'll go a little bit deeper here because um, we'll get to it in part two, but like she had like a million and a half in life insurance right. that was in her name and that's what she was concerned about. So obviously he'd been thinking about this. Yeah. You know, the divorce threats that she was, you know, making and, and wanted to go through. I mean, I I absolutely believe that she would have gotten divorced, but was afraid, you know, of what of what could possibly happen. Um, <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Why, if you were planning it, is this really the best plan? You know. Right. Wow. Right. So you're setting this up as like crime of passion kind of thing now. I not I don't know what it was. I mean, to be honest, I I feel like it wasn't a crime of passion that he'd been thinking about doing it, and I think that he's just a, um, he's just, you know, like a, he's just a shitty. He has no imagination. I mean, I think that you know I've done so many of these cases where it's like people. I think they get so caught up in the moment of like I want this, this. You know, because you want it, you want it, you want it, you want it. You know, he maybe he wanted the life insurance. He thought this was, the, he wanted his boys. He didn't want to have to deal with getting a divorce. He wanted to get back at her. He wanted all those things. So he, that's all he's thinking about. And he's like, okay, now it's go time, right? Yeah. And so, you know, maybe it's a product of that. I don't know. But I certainly think that this was premeditated. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Well, I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, the... The, the access that you have here with these, the, the interviews and stuff is really, really interesting. Um, well, there's so, I can't, can't take credit. I mean, there's so much, this case has been so widely reported that, you know, there's, it's, it's just out, it's everywhere, you know, and especially 
You haven't heard this case before? I haven't, but you know, I live in a bubble of just, you know, my own my own shit that I have to that I have to deal with. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not I a big, do, I do. I'm not like a big consumer of of true crime. I, I'm just I wish I could I wish I had time to listen to more stuff, but I honestly don't. Um and and I I think that's I think that's a good thing. You know, I honestly, as much as I'd like to listen to more, I don't want to be influenced by other people's kind of interpretation of stuff or what they think a, a good, a good show is. You know what I mean? I, I just want I totally, I, I yeah. totally, absolutely. Yeah. But I know I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I know there's a lot of good stuff out there, but, um, mm-hmm. but so, uh, you know, I, his, his crocodile tears didn't, didn't move me at all. Really in the in the, in the interview? Oh my gosh! Yeah. His interview was three hours of him yeah. not answering a single question, like completely. Even when he answered it, saying yes, then he'd back walk it back and be like, "Well, I don't really remember, you know, no. I, I, you know." And the tears, if there were any, were for himself. Yeah, of course. Like when he first I'm walked in there, he wasn't a nerd. I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. Well, and what you didn't see is him sitting here going like this with his hands because the detective kind of in passing was like, let me see your hands and there's some nicks. And he just there. left him in the room for a second to go get his notebook. And the whole time he just kept going like this. Yeah. Saying like, yeah, I can't, believe she cut me. can't believe she cut me. That's what he was thinking, right? I yeah, think he man. was thinking, does this look like one? Does this look like she cut me? Does this look, you know? Sure, sure. I, mean, well, I so think that- Despite the cliffhanger, I think it's, mm-hmm. she's dead. I'm assuming we can put that out there, okay? Because mm-hmm. with the 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 um, the kind of ominous tease with the forensic interview of the minor, uh, those are always kind of sketchy. We've had a few of those in these episodes, and those are always <clears throat> sad, you know, and weird. And um, and I do not envy that interviewer. That has got to be a shitty, shitty job. Really, mm-hmm. really shitty job. Trying to get the truth out of a five-year-old. Um, <clears throat> it's really sad, but but it it's I'm interested to see. You know, I hope that this idiot is is strung up by you know one of his own kids being smarter than he suspected him to be, you know? Because the kids, what, Charlie and Brayden, they were five and what? Five and three. Five and three, yeah. Yeah, this is this is gonna be hard for you, but I'm not yeah. gonna give you any anything away. That's why I was asking if, you, if you've heard about it before, no. because- No, nothing. Um, yeah, nothing. yeah, this is gonna be All hard. right, well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's nice, mm-hmm. uh, nice to get back in the saddle here. It's good to see you. Um, this was a great episode, and uh, uh, like I was saying before we uh, before we went live, is the the two parters always pissed me off because I never see him coming until there's like two minutes left. I'm like, there's no way it's gonna get wrapped up in two minutes. Damn it! This is a two parter. <laughs> it pisses me off. But uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to next week. So um, uh, well done. Thank you very much. And uh, I wanted you. to say thank you everybody for. Uh, <clears throat> for getting back in the saddle with us, Criminal Mischief Nation. Thank you. Um, please, uh, if you enjoy the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. Maybe share us with your friends. And pretty please consider uh, supporting the great companies that support our show because without them, we couldn't do what we do. So, uh, Pretty please with pretty sugar please, on top. Pretty please with sugar on top. Uh, Carolyn, anything you'd like to add? Nope. Happy to be back. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. And we will see you next week. 
Thank you very much. Stay safe out there. From Cloud 10, Criminal Mischief is a pie-in-the-sky production recorded in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We're produced by Brandon Morgan and myself. Music by Soundstripe. I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.